Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you once again on this Wednesday, August the 19th of 2020. As always, it is a privilege and an honor to have our listeners join us. Uh, The fact that you take out of your time to study the Word of God with us uh, is so refreshing that we can have a fellowship in the Word of God. Today, we're anxious to get into the Word of God. And today in our panel, uh, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us as we study the Word of God together. Uh, Brother Marty, before I pass it, to, uh, before I give it to you uh, for you to speak, um, I was I was doing an overview this morning on our uh, just just hearing it again our our podcast uh, our study from yesterday, and you said something that really jumped out at me uh, concerning the days of the destruction of Judah as judgment was imminent in the days and lurking in the days of Jeremiah, you said something to the effect of, of you would think that this would make the false prophets repent or recognize their error. But instead, as judgment was lurking and it was evident, there was an increase, and you used the word increment, of these false prophets prophesying. False prophecies, false revivals, false deliverances. I don't know. And it it just jumped out at me, you know, um, the concern. You know, you would think, you know, we we see the signs today, right, that that God is is showing us, the things that we are seeing happen. And you would think that this would cause people, (laughs) these ministers, to repent and, and, and give a warning. But instead, we're seeing the very same thing in this hour an increased amount of false prophets prophesying like in the days of Jeremiah. I don't know. I just wanted to, you know, to bring that out. That was in my spirit uh, as the Lord was dealing with me today. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about what God has for us today. So I'll leave it to you, Brother Marty, uh, to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the word of God together. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. That's the, that's really cool uh, what you're saying there because it is a vital thing to understand and consider because <laughs> these are signs these are these are uh, you know parallels that we can draw and glean from the word of god and, and then apply them to our times and ask are we witnessing the same types of things uh occur and uh i think the word i used brother jeremy was exponential right it it means it means a, a rapid growth and expanding growth quickly the exponential yes. curve as they say they they use that word a lot in technology research right that we we we're experiencing moore's law and moore's law is that everything that can be known is doubling and tripling and, and growing exponentially if you look at at it on a on a chart you'll see like a line that goes gradually up or there's an exponential growth which means the line goes and then shoots straight up on the graph right uh, that's kind of what we're seeing in, in what you're mentioning here is we've seen really over the last several decades this exponential emergence or this this quick uh almost like a flood of false prophets false uh, uh, anointed ones uh, claiming to be uh speaking for God right on the doorstep of of judgment you know what should be easily discerned isn't and so that's what we're going to look at today, really, is that we're going to continue to explore, I guess we call this the two basket of figs part two, 
uh, because we gave a big overview yesterday and and uh, we 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 covered a lot of of some pretty intense and, and incredible things that the Lord uh, is revealing. Uh, and we encourage you that are listening to go back and listen to those podcasts. And don't don't just, you know, we really encourage you because we really take the time to dig into the Word to try and present to you uh, from a tiny scholarly point of view, um, you know, the, the historical background, the, the, we break down the Hebrew and Greek words, uh, we look at, at, at deeper things. And so, um, you know, we encourage you to, to go back and study these podcasts because there's a lot of information that's being put out and, uh, and, and take your time in, in certain areas. If you're not sure, put, press the pause button, you know, research behind us. But our endeavor is to basically bring forth the word of God and encourage the people just how awesome God's word is and how, uh, how relevant it is in every generation but particularly the generations that, that see the unfolding of, of prophetic events uh, like we are witnessing in our time right now. And so we're going to dig a little bit further in what we started with yesterday. We'll touch on some of the things Brother Jeremy just mentioned, which I'm glad you brought that up. But Brother Jeremy, could you begin again with us today? And if you have your Bibles, we encourage you to get them. And if you have them, please open them to uh, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 24. And Brother Jeremy is going to read verse 1 to us, and we'll begin our our, our study today and pray it'll be a blessing in Jesus name. Brother Jeremy. Amen. The Lord showed me and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Joachim, king of Judah, and the princes of Judah with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. Amen. And so, uh, you know, like we talked about yesterday, and we encourage you to go back and listen to part one. Um, this is after the captivity. Jehoiakim, the the king, uh, he ruled for about 11 years, and he was basically taken and, and killed uh, by representatives of the Babylonian Empire. Um, and rather than the comprehensive captivity taking place then uh it didn't occur because uh there was there was a war <laughs> that they had to go deal with and so it withdrew them at that time and in the interim time Je Jehoiakim's son Jeconiah became the king whose rule and reign literally as the king was 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 about 3 months they say and it's in that 3 month period uh uh within that 3 month period that that Nebuchadnezzar, in fact, returned, came back, uh, and and took the captivity. He took a, a whole host of people away from Jerusalem and brought them under captivity, just as the prophets had foretold. And he installed a king by the name of Zedekiah, who, who reigned for another 11 years. And at the end of his, his reign came ultimate judgment, the destruction of, of Judah, the burning to the ground of Jerusalem and God's temple, the glorious temple of burnt to the ground and, and the city and the people and the nation was no more. And so this comprehensive, all-inclusive judgment that, that, that ultimately came, which had really been approaching for a couple centuries, you know, because you go back and, and you study the writings of the prophet Isaiah of Hosea, Amos, you know, all the great prophets that we read about now, they foretold 
you know, many, many decades before it happened, what would happen if they didn't turn from, you know, the ways in which they were living. And like we talked about yesterday, you know, to some people that seems really harsh, like, you know, why did God deal so stringently with these people? But we forget that these these people at the time, the Jewish people, they were unique amongst all the people of the world. They were a unique nation because they were a nation that was born out of slavery. God selected them. They were the children of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Covenant promises had been given to their forefathers. They find themselves in slavery in Egypt. And after 430 years, God sends Moses and, and delivers them. He exclusively brought this people to himself and formed out of this ragtag bunch of slaves uh, a magnificent and marvelous people. He revealed himself to them. Moses writes in the book of Deuteronomy, no people has ever heard the voice of God, but you heard him, he told the people. You heard him out of the fire when he came to Mount Sinai and delivered unto them the Ten Commandments. So these are people that are unique amongst all the people of the nations of the world. See, the Gentile peoples, they, they didn't know God. They had no idea. They were pagan, heathenistic, wicked. They were evil. But at the same time, they were in ignorance. Paul, on that great uh, sermon that he preached uh, you know, in the book of Acts, I think it's Acts somewhere between 17 and 19 in there, he stands on, on, on the great Mars Hill in Greece, and, and there he, he gives this great dissertation uh, and, and begins to preach the gospel uh, to the philosophers of his day. And in his argument, uh, he talks about how that in times past, God dealing with the Gentile nations, he winked at their ignorance. But now that Jesus had come, paid the price for humanity, rose from the dead, he was calling all men everywhere to repentance. So that was the transition in the birthing of the church into the Gentile world. And so when God deals with his Jewish people up until that time, he's dealing with a nation that is not ignorant. He's dealing with a nation that has the word of God unprecedented, unparalleled. They had the word. They had the prophets. They had the five books of Moses. They had the law, the statutes, the ordinances. They had the Ark of the Covenant. They had everything. They had God reveal himself to them. Part the Red Sea, you know, feed them with manna for 40 years in the wilderness, take water out of the rock. I mean, we can go on and on and on. So when he's dealing with these people, he's dealing with the people that know him and yet chose to rebel against him uh, to their own peril after multitudes of decades and a couple of centuries of being warned after they were established in the promised land, Jerusalem as their capital. It is why he came down so harsh on them. It is why he had to judge them because they had more light than any people on the face of the planet. And so his judgment came, but it wasn't an immediate thing. It was something that built up over years and really something that the great prophet Moses uh, had, had revealed to him. Uh, by God, even before they went into the promised land, if you read the book of Deuteronomy, he predicts that they would uh, rebel. He predicts that they would fall away. And then he even predicted that after uh, after two captivities or two destructions that would come, one culminating in 70 AD, uh, that they would indeed be scattered to the four corners of the world. And that's what happened. 
But in this case, what we're looking at is when Jeremiah stands up and begins to prophesy, uh, he is unique amongst the prophets because he was brought into uh, the final generation. He was the culmination of a series of prophets. Only his prophecies were unique because he wasn't predicting the future. He was living what the prophets had predicted were coming to pass, and so was that nation. What many people don't understand is that God uh, selects particular generations where he pours out his judgment. And, and, and in Jeremiah's case, he was living at the time of what he described in, in Jeremiah 7, I think it is, 7, somewhere in there. He describes them as the generation of God's wrath. And when the ultimate wrath came, it really uh, came over a 22-year period. It culminated in as little as 22 years, which is very interesting. And so, you know, we begin to look at these things because we're instructed to. As the Apostle Peter told us in in Second uh, Peter chapter three, right? He told us, "Hey, when you get to those end times, that that end time generation," he says, "You need to study the words of the holy apostles and the holy prophets, because there you will you will gain insight and and see and draw and glean answers uh, to what might be transpiring and happening." And so there are many questions that are being asked at this time that we find ourselves living in. You know, what's happening now and what's coming? You know, as we began to explore in yesterday's podcast, like we were talking about, we are seeing great parallels between the last days of Judah, Jerusalem, and the temple and the church in the West, and specifically uh, the American church of our times. You know, we have to understand these things, uh, and they must be understood spiritually comparing spiritual things with spiritual, the eyes of the spirit, understanding how God speaks and communicates. And we believe we are seeing what Jeremiah saw in his day. And we are taking the the metaphoric and prophetic lens of it, applying it to our time. And, and, and we have begun to see things emerge that are strikingly similar And I think we're going to learn some things and understand and be able to, at least in measure, begin to answer those questions. What is happening right now? Here we are, August 19th. I think we are 2020. What is happening up under this pandemic, this global reset they're attempting, the violence in our streets, the attack on Christianity? What is going on? The lockdown, people can't move like they have the economic devastation that it's it's occurring on, on Main Street at the local level. All of it, the the natural disasters, the fires, the floods, the famines, the hurricanes, just go down the list, the signs in the heavens, what is happening and why now? So we're going to explore that, and I think we're going to see some things as it relates to the church. two, Two things are going to emerge here, just as Jeremiah saw, just as Brother Jeremy had just read. He said, the Lord showed me, Jeremiah 24, verse 1, the Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs, and they were set before the temple. Now, there's something very interesting here, as Brother Jeremy started the podcast talking about uh, what, we, what we believe the Lord, uh, you know, it, it shows us in his word, is that just prior, and how unusual it is, but just prior to the judgment uh, comes this this exponential growth of false prophets, Right. And Jeremy was saying, man, how could that be? And, you know, I came across this uh, 
this little entry in 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 a commentary from the from the Jewish people uh concerning uh the times we're discussing and how similar it sounds to today listen to this <clears throat> from the earliest days of the monarchy prophets of god had to face the opposition of unscrupulous charlatans who did not hesitate to invoke god's name in order to authenticate so-called prophecies which had no other purpose than to play on the people's desire to believe that the best uh to believe the best and to be lulled into a false sense of security <laughs> you know that's kind of where we're at and say it better right he said that the true prophets face opposition from unscrupulous charlatans from unscrupulous prophets and he said that that what in their opinion that they didn't hesitate to use God's name because it gave um it, it it authenticated them they you know well they talk in God's name they speak for Jesus in our time right I mean they they mention the Lord that's how many times you hear that right but what he said was that the purpose was was to to begin to play on the people's desires to believe that the best was yet to come right and in, and in so doing it lulled that generation into a false sense of security and and then he goes on to say this was true in the earlier days when when less was at stake as the clouds of the final destruction of jerusalem were gathering it was bound to occur all the more the people sought out prophets to reinforce their desperate hopes that this danger would pass as had all previous ones don't you see that attitude in this time that we're going through right now brothers i mean i've heard it several times over the last several months you know you know we're americans we're this we're, we're the church you know we've been through worse we're going to get we're going to come out of this bigger and better than ever i mean you hear that but that that hope is beginning to wane into an unease that's beginning to settle over the church that's what he said here the people sought out prophets uh, to reinforce their desperate hope that this danger would pass as had all the previous ones but that is what the false prophets were telling them now listen to what they Hello? say here yeah go ahead are you there yeah i i just wanted to say it it almost seems it's kind of comical what i'm going to say but like if they think that the more we say it that it's not going to happen it's not going to happen the more we confess it the more we declare it, it's not going to happen. I don't know. It just seems like that sometimes. You know what I mean? They don't get it. They think the more we say it, you know what I'm saying? The the more of us say it, the more uh, it, it's not going to happen. But that's the very opposite. It's God's word. He's the one saying it. And that's an important you point know, you're making here in, in connection with what we're studying, right? Because that's what Jeremiah began to see. The climate that they found themselves in, which was just days away, several years away, but very quickly, you know, within a decade or so, the entire thing was going to be burnt to the ground. All of them that were left behind would be destroyed. And so what Jeremiah began to see was that what was emerging out of that crisis, which was unique, that's what you're saying. I mean, it was unique. And, and it was unique because it wasn't going to be like it always had been. And what you just said, is what they experienced in their time. They had two kinds of believers emerging. You had the Jeremiah kind, 
and then you had the the false prophets of Jeremiah 27, Hananiah, both preaching two completely opposite messages. The right. the one was right. The one was designed to to lull the people into a false sense of security. That's what it was designed to do. And then it says that the people began to seek out prophets uh, to reinforce their desperate hope that the danger would pass like all the previous ones had. But listen to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. It said that, that the prophets did this instead, like Jeremiah did, instead of exposing them to the ruthlessly probing and unforgiving light of self-examination demanded by the true prophets of God. That's a lot of fancy words, but but to put it in simpler terms, that the message of the true prophets of God up under a climate where judgment has arrived, that the true prophets of God preached like Jeremiah did in order to 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 turn the light of the Holy Spirit upon God's congregation, upon God's church of that generation, so that they would enter into self-examination, a deep reflection of where they were spiritually, because that's what God was demanding. That Okay, you're hanging over over the precipice here. You, you, you've got the sword of Damocles, you know, going back and forth over your life. You've got the proverbial candle, you know, that you see in cartoons sometimes, you know, the guy's tied to a rope or he's hanging on by a rope, but there's this little candle that's kind of burning the rope away, right? And he's desperately hoping, trying to blow the candle out. But eventually it's going right. to burn through the rope and he's going to fall over the cliff. Well, that's kind of what's going on here. He says two things would emerge, the false and the true, but the false was designed to lull the people into a sense of of false security because that's what they wanted to hear, and they began to seek out prophets like that. But there there was this other class of believer that God began to deal with. He purposely selected the captivity. Remember, we read about it yesterday. It was for their good. And they had to wrap their heads around that. It is the difficult place that the American church finds itself in right now. It doesn't even very, well, God's waking up a lot of people, so I'm not going to make this blanket statement, but it's beginning to separate and divide. It's beginning to bring two camps out into the light. And, And there are those that have been hearing the Spirit of God and what what's beginning to dawn on the spiritually adept quite possibly is that what we are witnessing right now is something that is not going to go away. As much as we want to hear it, as much as we want to heap to ourselves teachers that'll tell us, you know, like Jeremy was just saying, you know, we just need to say it so it won't happen. We just need to hope it away. We just need to believe it away. We just need to confess it away. Well, how about at the, right? How about at the beginning of this uh, crisis, how many of those false prophets did you see stand up and, and begin to, like, bind the virus and claim this and claim that, send it? Well, <laughs> we know who's true and who's false based on that. Go ahead, bro. You going to say yeah. something? I remember in the beginning, I mean, even these pastors saying, you know, as God has put me as leader of this territory, I command it, I blow it away. I, 
I mean, hey. what they did all these things, and here we are a few months later, and it's gotten worse, worse. Where, where are they at now? Yeah, they're 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 pretty quiet, pretty silent, but they're reinventing themselves, right? And they use God's name. Well, That's that didn't right. work, so right. So, you know, and why why aren't the people running away from it? See, this is the division that, that that we're that's upon us right now. This is the very thing that's happening right now. We're in the dog days of summer, as they say. It's the scrutiny. It's the heat of the spirit that's coming down upon the body of Christ. God is assembling the people. We get the text messages. We get the emails of, of how much the word of God is beginning to affect people out there that are listening. And so we know that God is speaking to you, not because of us. But simply, he's he he he's begun to reveal his word to all of us, and what it's causing is truly a self-examination. That's what the captivity was all about, and that's what's happening right now. Whether we can see it or not, whether we'll come up under the authority of what's happening or not, and I know that's not a popular message, but remember, Jeremiah emerged to tell them, "You're going into captivity, and you better not resist it, because if you do." You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose the safety because, in essence, what you are doing is resisting the will of God. And the question has to be put out there right now, and it's a bold question. Are what we are are all experiencing jointly within the church in this nation right now and all the altering of our life and everything that's been changed and rearranged and the new normal as they've been calling it where there's nothing normal about it but i mean this whole new caveat of adjustments to our lives not only uh, what we've experienced to this point but now and going forward are we actually witnessing something that is designed to begin to cause god's people to understand that this is his hand he is allowing this and it is for purposes of 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 preserving his church and removing from his church the idolatry and the compromise that all of us have been guilty of over the last several years in our walk with God. And if you say that you haven't, well, God bless you. Go start a podcast so we can listen to you. But if you want to be honest... <laughs> Let us look at the word of God and let us allow that word to work like Jeremiah said. My word is like a fire and like a hammer. It burns away the facade of, of pseudo-spirituality. Uh, the hammer breaks apart the, the walls that we build a, a, around our functional religiosity. It exposes our pseudo-spirituality and it presses us like the precious olive that is pressed and stripped until the pure anointing oil, a type of the Spirit of God, can flow from our life. Anytime scrutiny comes on a nation or judgment comes upon a people, it affects the false and the true in two different ways. And that's why God showed Jeremiah two baskets of fruit, both set before the temple. You know, while these false prophets, and I'll just finish reading this little part here, while these false prophets claimed to speak in the name of God, the result of their activities was nevertheless to cause my name to be forgotten. That's what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 23:27, Because God's true name is his people's perception of his exercise of providence in their lives. 
that's just, I know that's deep theological talk there, but to put it in simple words, right? God's true name is his people's perception of his exercise of providence in their lives. Who he really is is how he's perceived. There's those who don't perceive that he's doing anything. And then there's those who, by the grace of his spirit, suddenly come awake and realize that what's actually happening is the sovereignty of God. It is within the confines of the providence of Almighty God, and his people recognize it, and they respond accordingly. It is a work of the Spirit, (laughs) and it's designed to produce this end-time glorious church, even as it was designed to produce within those that were taken captive a removing of all that hindered a true seeking of God with a complete and entire heart so that they could know him, the removing of all the idols of their mind and of their heart and the secret places of their flesh. By directing the people away from the introspection, which might have led to true repentance, the false prophets were instrumental in encouraging the gradual erosion of the national character, which made inevitable the destruction of the city, of the nation, and the temple. Incredible. <laughs> Any comments? <Yeah. laughs> now that last statement that the the message coming out of the mouth of these false prophets, it's it they begin to form uh, the the very uh, character of the people. Yeah. They begin to conform to the message, My and goodness. we're seeing that. Think about that now. We are seeing that happen. They speak like them. They 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 walk like them. They prepare like them. You know, they carry themselves like them. And and, and that's why we we we're having this divide, right? Of of of, of the good fruit and bad fruit, right? Yes. This is why it, it has to come to the forefront. So it, that that statement at the end really caught my eye. Oh, that's exactly what's taking place. We're we're seeing a a people conform to the message of these false prophets. They're not they're not questioning it. They are receiving it as though it's God Himself speaking, and that is a tragedy. A tragedy. They have become silent. They have become you know. There there's I was thinking about in the days of the prophet Hosea. When he says that my people are destroyed, that means to be dumb, to be silent. It it says for lack of knowledge, right? But then it comes down to them because thou has rejected knowledge. See, at at the end, at the end of the day, we that are uh, the listeners, we you that are hearing this, you're going to have to make a decision because as 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 we've been saying, there's a separation going going on right now god is separating those that are hit right the good fruit and 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 i think it's 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 incumbent what we're saying is that the people it's not that they didn't know but ultimately they rejected the warnings and as you said because they are being fat they are being shaped their minds by these false prophets giving them false hope almost like numbing their fear right <laughs> for a moment and and trying to mm-hmm. hurt them to find this sort of pseudo hope that's coming from god that god 
that, you know, America is going to go back to revival and so forth. But it's not God speaking. Quite possibly. So, You're right. And, and you know, brother, uh, that's what we're talking about, right? Is that, <laughs> is that the, what brother uh, Fernando was just saying as well, and what we were just quoting from, from the rabbis of old, uh, was that these false prophets created a false sense of security, like he said, and 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 it's written powerfully there that it all it did was was further erode the ability for the Holy Spirit to bring conviction and repentance, which is what they really needed, and it and it moved them headlong into their ultimate uh, you know destiny, which was going to be the judgment and the destruction of the society to an incredible extent. See, that's what makes it different. You know, there had always been judgments, corrections, victories and defeats, but a comprehensive removing of the entire nation from the face of the territory that it had been once blessed with by the hand of God? These are <laughs> that's insane when you think about it and tragic. This is this is the climate of desperation that they found themselves in and why Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, because he pleaded with them. And even after they saw a captivity come, which caused a separation, they grew even harder, like you said, and, and the prophets emerged. But you made me think of Brother Jeremy, the false prophets emerged, uh, was the, the parallel there again. They wrapped themselves in this nationalistic, uh, you know, patriotism. We are Judah, right? We're, we're the people of God. This is our nation, the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord is here. You know, all that stuff. It's so right. incredible that they would fall back on that. You know what I mean, brothers? They fell yes. back on that instead of, instead of hearkening to the voice of the warning of the prophets of God for generations, and then finally this last prophet, Jeremiah, pleading with him, instead of returning and allowing the Spirit of God to bring scrutiny and, and reflection and repentance and, and a real conviction, what real revival is, right? Real revival isn't running the aisles, jumping up and down, and, you know, all that, waving flags. And, no, no, real right, revival. Right. Right, it brings a correction. That's what revival is. Causes repentance and repentance, yeah. right? You know, we we repent, but we have to acknowledge that we have something to repent for, and if we don't, then we're 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 going to be left to our fate. And that's why it's important what you brought out there, brothers, because because what emerged into this, this is the spirit of the enemy. Right, moving through these false prophets at a time and the most crucial of times when the nation needed to listen to the voices uh, uh, of, of, of reflection and, 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 and prophetic warning from Jeremiah, the whole flood of these false ones rise up and instead steer the people in the other direction. And, and they couldn't repent. They couldn't repent. He took them, they took them away from the hard message <laughs> and, and they, they placated them by preaching message of victory and patriotism and entitlement. Mm -hmm. That is what I hear coming, right? That's what I hear coming from the American church today. You know, this is, this, you know, we're going to stand up. I mean, I mean, even good people I'm hearing, good people that I respect, they don't get it. 
they're talking about you know hey you know we're the unseen majority we're you know we're, we're we haven't surrendered yet you know we're getting riled up I mean, it's like take up arms you know we're the like militia of the lord i mean come on seriously all that take up the sword will perish by the sword do you actually think your little your little 22 caliber deer hunting rifle is going to uh to be able to resist the onslaught of this megalithic military machine that'll be headed by the spirit of the antichrist are you serious who are you kidding you're resisting what god has done what we are witnessing right now is the culmination of generations of rebellion in this country of ridiculous false and utterly corrupt national ministry that has bled its way down even into the smallest of church churches where they're all affected all congregations were affected mm-hmm. when the captivity took place and the separation occurred remember uh it wasn't because they were <laughs> that the ones who were taken captive it wasn't like they were uh the you know not guilty there was a handful of them like like daniel and ezekiel and the three hebrew children we've talked about mordecai and others some of the elders that were taken some of the princes of judah that were taken captive but all of them were taken in order to be corrected and this is the sovereignty of the spirit of god he knows the heart he selects he chooses but that choice and selection doesn't mean that you're immune from the scrutiny of the spirit. He just knows that you'll respond to it because that's what they did. That's what happened when they got taken captive. You know, we have a few seconds here left, and this is an introduction. We'll get, we'll get back at this tomorrow, I think. But, again, we see these two baskets of fruit. Let's take a look at that real quick. And, and Brother Jeremy, would you read verse 1 again? Yes. The Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord. After that, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away captive Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the prince of Judah, with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. Yes, amen. So what we see here, again, it it gives us insight into the kind of quality of a minister Jeremiah really was. The captivity has already taken place. A whole group of people, thousands of them, you can read it in 2 Kings 24, thousands of them, 25 and 24, somewhere in there, thousands of them were taken and removed from the scene. And when you're asking about the parallels, you know, how does that apply to us today? What I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is saying is that he is He is removing his true church right now from the public square, all that we've known before, in order to begin to work on us. Because what the captivity was designed to do was to preserve a people that God selected and remove from them all the things that had been hindering their relationship with God. They weren't there was a redeeming quality about them. And it wasn't like they were gross sinners uh, beyond repair, but it doesn't mean that they were free from compromise and idolatry and things in their lives that needed to be purged out of them. And the only means by which that could happen was to allow this judgment to come upon uh, their entire nation. But within it, the subset, if you will, the, the underneath of it was a group of people that he had selected to protect 
And this is what Jeremiah was, was trying to gain insight about in verse 1. And that's how the Lord revealed it to him. The captivity had, had occurred, and it shows Jeremiah was seeking a deeper understanding of actually what was happening around him. He was seeking yes. insight, and, and into that, he says, the Lord showed me. And, and what we know by that and what we should draw from that is what Jesus said, right? Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened, right? right. Ask and it shall be given unto you. So we know that Jeremiah did not see, pick up his, his, his unsandaled feet and say, phew, you know, okay, it's happened and it's over and my ministry's come to a completion. No, it only got started then. Now he's seeking God, and, and God only shows those uh, servants of his what's going on who are seeking, knocking, and asking. This gives us yeah. an idea of what we must be doing right now in our time. The reason that we don't have the answers coming from the national ministers on the on the biggest and public stage, stages is because they're not seeking. They're not knocking. They're not asking. They're imagining. Uh, they're feeling. They're they're logically processing. Dreaming. Yeah, dreaming. Yeah, exactly. Logically processing the events of the day. But they have no light from the Lord. Because they're not. You said something, you said ahead, something brother. brother Marty, the, the other day, uh, as we were speaking off the air, you said a lot of them, they just tell us what they're dreaming, but with no script, no scriptural backing. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I feel, I dream. And something else that was brought up yesterday in our, um, in our Bible study, something that powerful brother Fernando brought up, he said about speaking about the liberal agenda that what God is doing is through this liberal agenda is purifying those that are his. That's right. Right. You said something like that, Brother Fernando. I don't want to misquote you, but uh, I know you said something to that effect. Is God is using it to uh, purify us, to uh, yes. you know, uh, to, to prepare us. And and, and that's powerful. Yeah. It goes with what you're saying today. You know, everything that's happening is is if, if we can see it, God is 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 He's purifying us he's washing he is he is uh taking those things out in preparation because he's coming as you said yesterday for a church without spot yeah. without blemish amen and and that's exactly amen. it right and and think about this this is this is what we we need now more than ever brother is we need men of god and people of god who will seek the lord for answers now we're running out of time here, right? If you want to understand what's happening, you better be seeking God, right? Because if they will seek him, he will show them. Those of you listening out there, spend some time with God. You know, what an absurd thing to even have to <laughs> say. But, I mean, take the time. And if you don't, it, you wouldn't be listening to us probably anyway. So I know that you are. I mean, even even spending the time, really what these podcasts are is like me and, and Jeremy and Fernando. I mean, we always talk like this with each other. So you're actually just hearing recordings of our normal conversations. Right. Of, yeah. Right? <laughs> this is yeah, how we this talk. Is, this is exactly how we talk. And yeah. and we, we, we always spoke about how, you know, like, you know, we were prayer, in prayer and praying, saying, you know, we need to talk about these things to, you know, do a podcast or whatever, but we need to kind of let the people in on these conversations. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and so, 
so yeah, it's it's something that uh, we talk about on a daily basis, on the weekend. You know, we're always uh, uh, sharing articles amongst each other, saying, "Hey, look at this! It's lining up with the things that the Lord is showing us." So um, it's it's such a tremendous, tremendous platform that the Lord has given us. Amen. And 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 that's you know that that's really the the essence of what we're doing is is trying to come together as a community. You know, there's. I know that there's many of you listening, and 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 you have your own communities, right? That your own sphere of of people that you hang with and talk with, and you know, God, it could very well be have been being preparing you all these months and weeks uh, to become that Jeremiah in their lives, so to to yes. tell them and bring bring a sense to them what is actually taking place. And yeah, and the, the word is, way- is pre- preservation, brother. That's that's the word you've been using, right? It, it's the yeah. Lord is preserving us to to go through this uh, judgment that has come upon not just the nation but the world. And yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, you know some people are still struggling with it. Like you know, what are you saying? Uh, Jeremiah uh, uh, saw what was coming, and 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 and, and he saw the captivity of God's people coming at the hands of the Babylonians, but God was going to use it for those that would be taken captive for their good, for their preservation, for, for, for him to purge them of, of, of those things that they had learned, maybe through tradition, religious things that they learned through tradition that began to be called God, and it wasn't God, but they couldn't see it because it's what they had learned from generation to generation, the mixing of paganism with, with the things of God. That's where we're at as a nation. And that's why yeah. this global this global thing that has come to this nation and to the world is 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 a judgment of God. He's allowing it, right, for our preservation, not to fight against it, but to do the exact opposite and bring us to our knees and, and, and bring about conviction, say, Lord, you know, at the end of the day, this has come upon the world and upon this nation because of your church. Because oh, of the temple, man. because of the leadership that's in the temple, right? And Jeremiah's day, in, in our day, is the mega ministries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have sinned. They have sinned. We yes. have sinned. We have to include ourselves, right? We yes. sinned, Lord. We sinned as, as your people. And, and so this word that's coming forth, as you said, this podcast is, is a word of preservation to those that are listening. You know what? Submit to yourself to what God's doing. Mm-hmm. Submit yourself to what God is allowing. Say, you know what, Lord? All right, I get it. I see it. We sin. Right. Whatever you have to do, right. do it. But we are submitting ourselves, and we see it. We understand. And and and, yes. and Lord, forgive us. Forgive us of our sins. That's the you attitude that you must take. If you don't take that That's attitude, good. if you take the other attitude of, of the false preachers that know. It's just a phase that we're going through as a nation, then that judgment's going to fall on you, as it did right. as it did uh, with the king, right? Where his eyes were burned, his children were killed. Yes, you know uh, it's very powerful what you're saying because I, I want to bring hope to somebody today, because you know it, it can be overwhelming when you start thinking about these things, but the the invitation is it, it, there's still an opportunity for you. I want to just share very quickly a, a quick testimony that I heard from a young girl after listening to these podcasts. 
she spoke specifically about the 10 virgins uh, series. I don't know if you guys still remember when we did the 10 virgins series. And she yes. said, as I heard these podcasts, she said, I, I, I realized how much time I have wasted in not re, uh, having a reserve of oil. Think about that. And, and she was just sharing how it's cost her to seek the Lord and, you know, so I want to offer hope to somebody because there may be some people just like this young girl who you feel like, man, I have not, you know, I don't know where I've been. I'm just beginning to understand it. There's still hope. There's still time, as, as Brother Fernando, Brother Marty were saying, to come back, to hear, to repent, to, to pray, to seek the Lord, to inquire of God. What you're just saying, inquire of him, God, what are you showing me? You know, and because I know all of this could be over, sometimes overwhelming, you know, but it's God dealing with you and there's still hope. And I just wanted to show you that just like this young lady, there's hope for you that are listening. I don't care how far you are from God and, you know, how you came into these podcasts. It's the Holy Spirit who brought you. He's calling you. Right. Because time is running short. We are at the midnight hour. Jesus is coming again. Amen. And and again and again, that's you know we we're we're, we're talking about uh, what Jeremiah saw and 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 why God showed it to him, you know, because he was seeking God. And you know, it it is a serious thing we're talking about. If if it causes us trepidation or fear, then it should. Yeah. It should. It's meant to. It's designed to, you know, because that is the first inclination of whether we're going to turn to the Lord or turn away from the Lord. And how we react in the middle of fear, how we react when God is moving in a culture is vital to what, Brother Fernando, you were just saying there, is, is the preservation of our of our families of our lives to recognize right. the hand of God and how he moves understand that God is in control of all things and that events do not transpire uh willy-nilly or because the devil is you know you know he's just so powerful he's just trying to you know hurt all of us no see that that was the attitude they could have had in Judah especially the captivity, my God, <laughs> you know, not only am I, am I being taken captive, I'm being removed 800 miles away from where I've always known. I mean, they, in a foreign land, you know, I'm being taken away to a language and a people I don't understand. And, uh, and all my buddies were left behind. Maybe I sinned, maybe I, I mean, all the stuff that goes through people's heads. Right. But this is the, this is the beauty of what we saw as we dig into it, even some more tomorrow, we'll dig into it this further. Because as you can see, what Jeremiah is revealing here is, and, and what's being revealed by the Spirit here is so in-depth and, and will bring comfort, like Brother Jeremy said. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the comfort is found in, in knowing the will of God. Mm. Comfort yeah, sure. and peace, right? It, it is found in understanding uh, what is God doing? If I know what he's doing, then I don't have this unstable, unsh you know, shaky right. thing that I'm standing yeah. on. I can adjust, right, and go, okay, <laughs> now this is what I got to do, right? So Jeremiah's vision was, was, was actually, you know, 
post-captivity, right? The, the captivity had come. The lockdown of their day was in full swing, right? And and it's after that occurred that he gets this vision and, and God begins to give him clarity and says, Jeremiah, what's actually happening here so that you understand perfectly and can tell my people is a separation has occurred. And that's why he sees two baskets in verse one. The Lord showed me, behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple. And 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 the Lord wanted him to see because that setting before the temple of the two baskets of figs the, uh, represented the two baskets representing the two classes of people emerging out of the people of God, the good figs and the bad figs. And he sets them before the temple representing his presence. And so Jeremiah was basically being told by the Lord in seeing this thing, I'm about to unfold to you and show you what my presence is doing. Mm. And I'm going to show it to you in the way of two baskets. One is good. One is bad. And my presence has now caused them to be separated. And and what didn't make sense to many at the time was that God would allow his people to come up under this captivity. And those that were left behind, the reason that they were so flippant and arrogant and more false prophets emerged, almost had this sense of, we're better than the others who were taken captive or who submitted to this thing. We're going to have this great victory, this great national renaissance and this great move of God, blah, blah, blah. They sound just like the prophets today. And if we can, I'm bearing down on this and all three of us are, is because we are witnessing a separation. See, I believe in the revelations that were being shown here is what he saw, that is Jeremiah, if we see with the eyes of the Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord is beginning to unfold the meaning of what we're actually going through. It's it's true spiritual metaphors for our times, found in the history of what Jeremiah the prophet witnessed in his generation. His visions, they're haunting, right? They like echo through time, like warnings yeah. and guidance, right? Both warnings and guidance. You know, and, and, and what was revealed to him then, it wasn't a popular message. But it was to those whom God gave understanding because it preserved them in the midst of it. But what the Lord revealed was the captivity was actually a work of the Holy Spirit to separate the true church from the false church. You know, you can always hear people go, how could this be, right? <laughs> uh, how, how do we understand this? Well, it would seem that, the, that, that those that were left behind would think that they were safe, right? But in fact, that wasn't true. Uh, in, in truth, the Lord reveals that it was the exact opposite. And, and first, what he, what he revealed to them, right, in Jeremiah 24, 5, was that he did it for their good. Could you read that to us, Brother Jeremy? 24.5. Yes, uh, 24.5. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. For their good. I sent them out for their good. I removed them out of what? This place. Jerusalem, the temple, the nation of Judah, the public representation of the most blessed nation on the face of the planet, God's people, mm -hmm. 
public square. I took him out of it. That's what he said. I did it, and I'm doing it. Right. They're good. And and those that are going to be left behind hanging out with the false prophets, judgment's coming upon them. Oh my and, and this is what we're going to see as we go forward into this. There is so much more that we can talk about here, uh, but I want to leave that yeah. for tomorrow. I don't want to rush through this because it's brought us to this point. We've we've said a lot of things, and I just want to close with this. Turn over, to, if you would, to Psalm 137. Because, and, and and we might go back to this tomorrow, but in Psalm 137, we begin to mm-hmm. see, right, what the work of the Spirit was and what it was designed to do. Because um, this is this is this is so cool because we actually understand uh, what began to happen immediately by the Spirit of God once the captivity came for that group of people which really is, like Jeremiah was shown, the true church, the good figs. Well, how can you call them good? Because they submitted to God's will and understood it and began to allow the Spirit of God to work on them. And how he began to work on them, Psalm 137 gives us an account. If you could read it to us, Brother Jeremy, between uh, verse 1 and 7, could you read that to us? And th- yes. this, is the, this is the captivity. These, this is what happened to those who ultimately were preserved while the others who followed the false prophets were destroyed. But listen to what they describe here. Amen. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. Understand that the Lord used this power uh, to deal with this group of people that he ultimately preserved. And and it's very, very profound because uh, it concludes in verse 7 there, with a haunting reminder and yet an encouraging word to his people in this prayer that was expressed by those that were, were taken captive into Babylon. Remember the children of Edom. And and, and they, they're the, the, that spirit of Edom is what burned down Jerusalem to the ground. And, mm. and, and the Lord goes on, and, and we'll, we'll look at this probably uh, Thursday or Friday, when Jeremiah elaborates on these kinds of things and begins to tell them uh, it, it, by the Spirit of the Lord, uh, the nations of the world that, that afflicted this pain and persecution upon his people, of course, for their good, as God said to the ones who submitted to what was actually happening, that they would be judged. That is, the, the, the Antichrist system, if you will, would be judged. And so understand that though this is happening, 
There are two classes, two types of churches. A false church is going to emerge, and the true church is going to be preserved. But look at how the Holy Spirit began to work on them. And we'll maybe dig into this a little bit more tomorrow so that we understand what is happening. They said that they wept when they remembered Zion. It's as if the Spirit of God first begins to to move by his presence to remind them to look around and see what their compromise had actually done to themselves. Far away were they from the beautiful rolling hills of Jerusalem, right? From the Mount of Olivet or or from the or from the Brook Kidron or the Gihon Springs or or the sounds of the beautiful trumpets that blew in the morning calling the people to prayer from from the towers of the walls of the city of Jerusalem. That beautiful place, they said, they really they realized how much they had taken it for granted, man. <laughs> My God. They took it for granted. And and they suddenly realized it. They sat down and wept. And see, God was already beginning to work on them as soon as they got there, right? He began to open their eyes and, and, and cause them to reflect how how spoiled they had become. Now these are the people he preserved, remember. <laughs> And so he began the pro- right. He began the process of uh, of having them remember Zion. He said, "We hung our harps on the willows, in the midst thereof. Uh, joy gives way to lament. Right? That's the harps are praise and worship. I mean, you can't even. There's a time to to hang the harps. Right? There's a time to begin to lament and reflect and allow the working of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction to us. Is what he was doing. This is a gift from God, brothers and sisters. Trust me." When you allow the Spirit of God to work in you in this way, it is his gift. It is the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Yes. Yes. And then he, he says, uh, he says, for there they carried us away captive, required, uh, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they they that wasted us required of us Joy or myrrh, happiness, saying, sing one of the songs of Zion. And this is really interesting because it's like the Lord is allowing the circumstances around them to deepen their understanding. And they suddenly realize something, and they say it in verse 4, right? They say, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And that's precisely what he wanted them to understand. They get to it in verse 4. How can we sing the song of the Lord in a strange land? That's precisely what he wanted them to understand. They had made Jerusalem a strange land to the Lord. Don't you remember they used to go to services and sing and yet live these compromised, idolatrous lives? And now they find themselves in captivity away from the temple, surrounded by all the idols and 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 the and the debauchery and the heathen lifestyle that they had been participating in in the holy places of God, and he had to take them away from that. Sometimes he has to allow us to experience the world so that our eyes can be opened and see just how far we have declined. This was an act of the Spirit of God in this captivity, and by the Spirit of God, suddenly. 
as the world in its fullest expression, in their case, representative captive by Babylonians and in their land, they saw the grossness of sin and its destruction and its blatant disregard for all that was holy, all that was pure, all that was good in this world, which they, the caretakers of the oracles of God, were meant to be a shining example to those very nations they now found themselves captive in. And they suddenly realized how I can't do this in a strange and compromised land. But I made my own God's land compromised by the idols that I brought into his house and into my heart and amongst my family. Mm. And then we see the beauty here, right? Because it reveals the depth of the Holy Spirit. Because this is what began to happen. And I think this is what's happening now to the discerning in this hour, to the true ones that God is speaking to, and I know you're out there, they say this, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. It, it, it implies that they had forgotten just how glorious Jerusalem was. They had become comfortable with practicing lifestyles and compromised thoughts and things and choices, and they had denigrated the very holiness and sanctity and the beauty of that holiness which their God had given to them and made them special because of it. And now in this, in this correction, they begin to declare, if I forget thee. And then in verse 6, if I don't remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. And in verse 7, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. What are they saying now by the Spirit of God? If I don't focus from this point on my attention on the things of my God, the city of my God, the, the kingdom of my God, if I don't make that uh, above my chief joy, then I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to be like this anymore. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. And when we finish what we're going through in our times, trust me, brothers and sisters, that's where we're headed. That's what the Spirit of God is doing for his people. Now, that might seem harsh to some of you out there that are on the fringes, but that's because you haven't allowed the Spirit of God to reveal some things to you yet. But those of you who know the beautiful joy of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit know that it is indeed for our good, and it is the very thing, that repentance that is born out of it, and that transformation when we allow the Spirit of God to have his full work in our life makes us into these kinds of people and returns us under the joy of our salvation and the earnest expectation of looking for the return of our King. Those days are ahead, and we'll dig further into these things as we go forward tomorrow. And we pray that these words have been uh, uh, at least an inspiration in some ways and also uh, bring some clarity as we ponder the things that we're going through at this time. Jesus is coming. Let him have his way while we still can. Brother Jeremy, Brother Fernando, anything else? No. No, uh, as you were speaking, brother, just reflecting, you know, uh, in my life and just reflecting in general, you know, all these things and pondering and taking them to heart. And, and, Especially in these days, I, I do do really believe that God is, is speaking, and He is speaking to people today. So uh, consider these things what have been said, and we pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue our study 
in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 24. May God bless you. May God keep you. And as always, keep looking up.